everyone welcome to another episode of the stone genius podcast my name is ro i'm the stone genius you know me i'm often stoned i'm always a genius uh I I know I hesitated on that, but I was thinking that my wife was going to walk by right when I was saying always a genius, and I don't feel like that's always appropriate when she's in earshot. So, uh, hey, welcome everyone to the podcast. I have a very special guest coming back, returning. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, so with no further ado, welcome back to the program, Tim Lytell. Welcome, Tim. Hey, Ro, thank you so much for having me back on number three. I know. And, you know, it, it was so cool, cool because I enjoyed talking to you the first time. And then the second time, right before we were getting ready to record, uh, Man Baby got uh, your film, uh, won an award. And yes. uh, and who is that, yeah. that award with again? Uh, right before we talked the second time, it was the Ethereal Frames uh, Film Fest, which was an online fest that I was pretty pretty happy about. And that and uh, that was a for a feature film for your movie, Man yeah. Baby. Yeah, it was the best feature I think for the for the quarter. I think they do them quarterly, so it was like the 2023 quarter quarterly award. So that was pretty cool. So, um, but yeah, and now again on the third third. Uh, time on the show i got another award to, i know to hold on i got about. something i got something for that there we go of course no one knows what we're talking about yet but uh why don't you go ahead and announce this new award that your film just won yeah i'm really happy uh the uh, movie man baby uh won best feature in the dark comedy film festival 2023 so it's a, another online festival the dark comedy festival and that that and, is i mean that's and, that's the fans that are voting correct um so i don't know you know i guess it's the fans it's it's an online thing so right. so it's so somebody's watching it okay and, and they're not in a theater they're not buying tickets right um but yeah somebody's watching it somebody likes it and um not only did it win Best Feature for the Dark Comedy Film Festival, but Sydney, Sydney Jane Hunt, the actor who plays Dr. Dana Howard in the movie Man Baby, she got the Best Actress Award in a feature. Yeah. No, Love the drop on that one. <laughs> let, let, me <laughs> she needs it. let me ask uh, on this real quick. So, because you are the writer and director of a film, when it wins like a a best picture feature award, that type of award. Yeah. I assume that you feel very proud because that was your, your creation, but how is it being the writer and director and having one of the cast members that has brought your words and actions to life? How does that make you feel with uh, Sydney winning this award? Yeah. It, it, it's uh, it's such a big feather in my cap uh, to, to get, you know, I've said it before on this pod for just anybody to watch this movie. It's a big feather in my cap. So when somebody's, uh, you know, able to recognize it as, as something that's, uh, award worthy, that's a, that feels great. And when one of the actors, you know, gets, gets an award like that, it, it feels even better. Actually, I, I feel, feel more better about Sydney getting that than the movie because, you know, Sydney did this movie, you know, for, you know, very, very little, very, very, very little money and, and, you know, her time really donating, really donating her time, you know, for, for this, right. for this project, really just on a, on a complete uh, love of 
art, I guess, of making a project with other people. You right. know, she's doing this. And so for her. Sorry about that. That sometimes remote locations can do that. So, uh, Tim, uh, we're connected again, and we're talking about uh, Sydney winning the uh, Best Actress Award, and you were talking about how you were feeling. Yeah, I was just saying how it, it just feels so great uh, to see Sydney win win anything, uh, you know, to, to be recognized for this because you know she's she's doing this. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of it is just out of the kindness of her heart, you know. It's right. A lot of, uh, it's a lot of uh, speculation, right? She doesn't know what this movie's going to be. It could be great. It could be terrible. Um, so yeah, it just it makes me feel even. It it feels even better when when uh, the actors are recognized. So so, how did Sydney find? Uh, did you all find out at the same time? Did one of you find out prior to the other one? So how? Because I I assume that that's something that you would want to share with one another. You know, is when you win the oh, award, yeah. you send that out to the you know, hey, we did this, and then when she won that because it is an ensemble. So I mean, how did that? Yeah. Who 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 found out first? I'm I'm you know I'm entering all these festivals and and kind of managing that so i i find out all this first and of course i emailed her and uh, you know announced it on instagram uh you know almost as immediately as as i could and uh you know in, in sydney's case i actually i had some time i cut a little sydney only commercial that we put up on instagram if anybody's listening they want to see sydney in, in action and you know if they don't want to watch the whole movie they just want to see a little bit i can look on the instagram and i can see the sydney only teaser uh, with some of her moments from the movie Man Baby and, right. her, and her award laurels. And that's at um, Man Baby on Instagram, correct? Yep, at, maybe, at Man Baby on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, and if it, it intrigues them, they can watch the whole movie uh, on Tubi. And know, I would from, suggest from that. So that's going to kind of lead into my next comment because um, originally when I watched... I watched Man Baby before you and I initially spoke. And I went right. into it, I think, with a set of expectations, because I did watch the trailer. So I went in with a set of expectations, and the the, the trailer does does not necessarily mimic the movie. What you you may not you're not I'm I'm in some genius societies and I didn't watch the trailer and go, oh, I know what's gonna happen now. Well, generally I can't. So it, it was very different. But I had mentioned afterwards that after talking to you, I got a greater appreciation for a deeper understanding for the the movie. And I think I had joked, I thought maybe you should go out and, and meet everyone. Everyone that watches the the movie, you should go out yeah. and personally visit yeah. them and meet I, them. Yeah. But so what I started thinking about is with these um, award ceremonies and these festivals you're entering, isn't that kind of what you're doing? Yeah, that's that's good. You know, uh, one of my original plans for this movie was exactly what you're talking about. And I think maybe we talked about this the first time we talked was, you know, I had had this idea for doing a road show. So kind of taking the movie and, and I and I did the road show in a very limited way. So, you know, we showed it in. LA and we showed it in Portland, we showed it in Seattle. And of course, always at each of those did, did the Q and A's after. And, um, you know, my intention was to kind of do that, but it just cost too much money to, to do that. Um, so that's yet, yet another thing. I, I think I've tweeted this a couple of times, but 
if anybody's listening and they want to do a screening of Man Baby, um, you know, get in contact with me. Get, you know, contact us on Instagram, contact us on Twitter, contact you know, very, right. very easy to get in touch with us online. Um, if you want to show Man Baby in your city, we you know we can make that happen. Um, you know, within us within a certain budget. Right. Um, doing doing it doing it in those three cities, you know, was great. It, you know, I didn't I didn't lose money and it was a fun time. Um, trying to do it, I was trying to do it, you know, in New York and and Chicago and I, I think I was thinking like Austin or Atlanta. You know, that that got to be where I'd be I'd be spending a little too much money. Right. Um, um, and so yeah, I, I think that I think you're right. And and actually, uh, you know, someone else had written a review of Man Baby online, and they said that they only watched it because they had they had heard me talk on on one of these pods. This wasn't your pod. This was. Um, Greg, Gregory Smalley's uh, Weird Movies podcast uh-huh. that I did uh, a couple months ago. And he said he watched it because he heard me kind of talk about some of the intentions behind it and that sort of thing. And uh, this person enjoyed the heck out of it, you know? So, so yeah, I do think that helps. And, and you know, having having a little explanation helps. But, but you know, I, I go back and forth about that too because, you know, art, art should kind of stand on its own. You right. Know? You shouldn't have to... You shouldn't have to read the card next to the uh, Mona Lisa, you know? Right. Yeah. I, yeah. And I guess I hadn't thought so. of it. And, you know, I, it does have to go with appreciation as well that you, yeah. uh, sometimes it's your, you know, if you go into something. So we uh, compared the movie Moonfall and Shark Side of the Moon. And, you know, going into each one of those because of budgets or budget constraints or the 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 lead stars of the movie, whatever the case may be, you go in with different expectations. And I will tell you, right. I did enjoy one of those movies much, much more than I enjoyed the other movie. And it's not from the surface. That's not what you would have expected. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I do think it's important, you know, that those expectations, because they can change. And I think mine definitely changed with Man Baby after watching it and then talking to you. I, I just got such a deeper appreciation for for what the movie and what the intent was and what you were going with, which actually leads yeah. me to my third point. Uh, and I don't know why I had recall to these movies today, but it's funny because you had mentioned kind of doing a road show with Man Baby. Well, I had thought uh-huh. of bringing back. Do you remember the Ernest Goes to movies? Uh, I think you should have Man Baby Goes to Man Baby. Maybe not Man. <laughs> I don't think Man Baby Goes to Prison would be the correct one. But there are a lot of Man Baby Goes to Camp. Man Baby Goes this, that, and the other. I think that yeah. would be outstanding. And that is an outstanding idea, bro. I, you know that. The Ernest movies were a big, big part of my childhood. So, so hearing that, uh, yeah, definitely that gets my gets my gears turning for sure. Oh my gosh, I don't know what I don't know what to think of the statement. The Ernest goes to movies were a big part of my childhood. I'm, I hold on, have I need you, a second uh, to process that a little. Yeah, have you uh, have you ever uh, seen the? There's a I think you can find it on YouTube. There's a video of the. I think it's the opening of the Splash Mountain ride at Disneyland, um, and Ernest is the is the first like victim of Splash Mountain. He's like the first uh, guy to ride on the on the Splash Mountain ride. So was this before he was famous then, and he was just his character? No, 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 no. He was he was his character, and he was he was very famous because this is like I think it's like eighty eight, maybe eighty eight, eighty nine. Um, 
Because I think it's, he started in commercials or something stupid. I mean, I think he was yeah, like a character yeah. out of a commercial, and they're like, oh, he we should take a 30-second spot and turn this yeah. into an hour-and-a-half prison movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not. I don't think the prison movie was first. I think him going to camp was first. I think that was the Well, you know camp. what? If someone that looks like Ernest goes to camp, he's going to end up in prison probably. hey oh. <laughs> Yeah, so um, hey now, now hey. it was funny because I had never heard of a movie, and I almost texted you this morning to say, is there any way you can watch this before tonight? So I didn't watch it because I didn't want to ruin it, and I don't even know if it's real. I saw okay. some guys talking about a Matthew McConaughey movie from the early 2000s called Tiptoes. Tiptoes? That, yes, that, that's a that's a deep cut. No, I'm not familiar with tiptoe. And evidently, all of Matthew McConaughey he meets a girl, falls in love, or she gets pregnant. And so I hadn't met his family. When she goes to meet his family, all of his family are little people, every single one of them. So then she starts huh. freaking out that that's what's inside of her. And I'm just like, I was beside myself because I'm always like, how do certain movies get made? I mean, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of them, you know, an intent, a purpose, just fun, whatever. But that one was like, because it, it, it looked like it was supposed to be a serious movie. I haven't found it. Yeah. I'm not sure that that is even findable anymore. Um, okay. okay. I don't know if huh. I ever I'm told you. have to write that one down. Yeah. So this. I, I do not know about that. So here was a thought that I had for a movie. And I, I think that you're. I think you're like probably around 10 years younger than I am. I'm 55. And yeah, that's correct. Okay. I'm, I'm exactly 10 years younger. Okay. So um, I was just doing math. I saw when you graduated college, what you got degree, when you were a student, I was like, well, that that's how I came to that conclusion. It wasn't any yeah. black magic I'm doing over here. Uh, actually, <laughs> speaking of said color, do you remember the movie Soul Man with C. Thomas Howell? I do remember that. That was a big part of my childhood. For sure. So my <laughs> my thought is because you couldn't make that movie now. I think they should make yeah. a horror film called uh, Soul Man 2, Sins of the Father. And somehow the kids are cursed because the dad did what he did in that movie, stealing that, that person's. Uh, I know, that right? Is not a bad idea. That is not a bad idea. I know. So, I, I'll so you the one assassin We're... bidet, the the assassin who uses a bidet, and now uh, Soul Man Two, Sins of the Father. Yeah. That that's where they're going. Yeah, I like that. I I think you could even you could kind of meta you could kind of meta movie that, and it's kind of like um, the pe also the the people who made that movie Soul Man should be cursed. I think. Yes. Well, <laughs> you and know. you know what's funny now? I think if you try to to uh, like Google that. It won't show like you can't buy it anywhere. Maybe on the dark web. You, I'm sure on the dark web you could, but like sure. on the on sure. the standard internet, I don't think you could go to like BestBuy.com and and go Soul Man. I don't think you'll get any returns. I mean, you may actually get someone to come to your house and want to ask you some questions about why you want to watch that movie in 2023. But uh, right, and right. for those of you that don't know what Soul Man is. So I always say on my podcast, don't ever let me borrow your phone, your tablet, your laptop, because I'm going to look up stuff that I don't want to look up on my own phone. Looking up Soul Man <laughs> maybe one of those times that you as the audience member want to ask someone else 
if they'll either look it up or if you can borrow their device to look it up. Don't look it up on your own. That's all. That's all. I'm giving you a warning. So yeah. You know, uh, Soul Man does get Soul Man gets a lot of uh, it gets a lot of uh, you know hate and criticism now as I guess rightfully it should, but it, it is worth noting like it 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 got a lot of hate at the time too. It did. It, not, did. it was not a. Uh, it didn't it cancel anyone's career, movie. but it. <laughs> right, right. It wasn't a career killer, but it certainly wasn't a beloved, uh, endearing, eighties comedy. You know, it, you it, know, it was quickly quickly forgotten and yeah so. tim i may screw up a relationship here but i may i'm going to try to ask you a serious question then how do you oh, okay. as an artist handle because i don't think i've asked you this how do you handle like that retroactive like like i'm afraid now that someone who's young is going to look up soul man and they're going to find out who the yeah. actor is who see thomas Howell and be so offended that he did that back then and i'm yeah. like you know yeah. it, like you yeah. said it wasn't a, a really appropriate then but it was also like back then you could say that's not appropriate everyone would be like yeah that's not and then everyone just go about their day yeah yeah so yeah, I, I mean I, well you know so yeah i mean times times have changed right um but i my, my rap on this is kind of that i don't i don't i don't believe that like like cancel culture, right? I think that's kind of the, the buzzword right. for that is what we're talking about. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't really see that as a, as a new thing. It's right. it, 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 it just develops as time, you know, as, a, as our culture changes and as, you know, our historic, our attitudes change about different things. But, but, uh, you know, culture has always canceled things that it doesn't deem uh, proper or, or, or even quality for, for that matter. Right. Um, and I'm not sure I'm totally making sense here, but, um, you know, so I, you know, no, I agree it, with that. I think that yeah, terminology changes sense. and it pisses me off because I am literally about efficiency. And so, so I, I remember one day just because so many people, and this was actually back in the late nineties, I was a manager at Best Buy. Uh, I, a customer had come in one day and they'd been helped by uh, one of our employees. They came back the next day and they were looking for the employee and um, they kept stammering around and finally came up with the term Afri African-American. So this is in Wichita, uh -huh. Kansas in the Midwest. So this white person was stammering over the word to come up with and they finally come up with African-American because I'm a dick. I decided that I was going to like, uh, just fuck with them. So I go, well, we don't, ha I don't, ha I don't have an African-American person that works in that department. They're like, I, w I was here yesterday, blah, 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 and everything. And I'm like, don't have that. And, and, um, they're like, Oh really? Then who is that right there? And they pointed to this black guy coming out of the back and they go, that's him. And I go, did you not hear their accent? <laughs> and But right. I was just like, you can say black. I mean, it, it's funny because, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it's, but, you know, I, it's, yeah. So sometimes I think that I, I heard someone talking about how, like, PTSD really isn't new. It was just like in World War One, it was called shell shock. And then right. it took on a right. different turn. And so they've just kind of modified the right. term to make it more yeah. acceptable to everyone. So, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I'm not like cancel culture. Yeah, if, if, 
if you survived that's when it happened, you don't analogy. get canceled. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting analogy. Yeah, and I and, and I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, like language is always evolving and culture is always evolving, and it and it's not a, you know, I'm, and I'm also not saying like we're we're on a constant uh, escalator to progress either. I mean, things right. things go go in cycles and circles, and things go backwards, things go forwards. So you know, uh, yeah. There's, there's not an easy answer to that. But, I mean, at least in terms of art, if, if we go back to, to your, your question about, right. you know, artists and, and, and art and that sort of thing, uh, I, I'm of the opinion that we judge, you know, we judge the work of art, not the artist. Um, I, I was thinking about this, you know, uh, a couple of days ago, actually, uh, that, you know, so much great art comes out of, uh, you know, wrath and depression and mental illness and, and a lot of things that are that are quite negative in, in people um, and uh, I'm I'm generally a pretty happy person and generally not depressed and generally not wrathful and, and generally everybody's pretty cool um, and it and it tends to make me think like hey maybe I'd be a better artist if I was if I was more mentally ill right um, which I which I don't which I don't wish upon myself in any way I'm, I'm I'm happy in a way that I'm not a that I'm not a very good artist. Right. Maybe, you know, um, I'm happy to be kind of mediocre and kind of kind of be what I am. Um, but but so along those lines, it's like, well, you know, these artists that make great art, that you know, they can be great assholes. They can they can be terrible people because they have these terrible afflictions that have kind of cursed them with this, you know, great power of great art, but also kind of just being kind of poor human beings in a lot of ways. Right. And you know, you know I, I, this is. This is not a hard and fast rule. Obviously, this is not for every, you know, this, 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 everything is relative and, um, you know. Well, you know, a lot of people with, would especially say. Especially art, things are relative. Yeah, with uh, like uh, the actor Chevy Chase. A lot of people will comment mm. that he's very difficult to work with, but yet he would keep getting cast. And it's because he did have a special sort of talent. He could bring a, se- uh, a, a special energy to a role that maybe someone else could, and that's why they get cast. It's why it's why athletes that sure. are assholes or do something horrible, they still find teams to go to because of the talent that everyone thinks. Sure. Oh, I'm going to be the one that changes them. I'm going to make sure that their their talent at whatever it is outshines all the other stuff. You don't see that. It, it goes off into the shadows. And so, have you ever been, to your knowledge, been in the or someone targeted you to actively try to cancel you for something. No. And, and I, you know, I don't think I have enough power uh, or clout or anything like that to ever be canceled. And uh, yeah, I don't think that. Is that when you know you're going to make it big when you're finally, when you finally live in a daily fear of being canceled, you'd be like, I made it baby. Ooh, hold on. I shouldn't have said baby. Someone's going to get upset. I use the word baby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I mean, it used to, it used to be uh, you made it when you sold out, but now maybe you make it when you when you can be canceled. I don't know. Well, so it, cultural and, change. And one <laughs> of my problems is that the reason I haven't taken this show to video and then fully focused on monetizing the show is because I don't want to feel any pressure from anyone. I like being able to say yeah. whatever I say because it doesn't matter. 
But but yeah. they, someone shouldn't say, I'm going to give you something unless I don't like what you say. Like, that's not me. So I'll use this example. So one one day we were at uh, a McDonald's drive-thru. We used to live out in the country, and there was a drive-thru in our little town, and it was McDonald's. And so we're going through the drive-thru, and uh, my wife, who was driving sitting in the driver's seat, she goes, hey, should we pay for the car behind us just as a nice gesture i was like sure and she goes hold on i go did you just look in the mirror and she was like well i wanted to make sure it wasn't like a a van or a bus and i go that's not why we should be doing it i mean or or you could just say hey i want to pay twenty dollars whatever that takes care of the next two and a half people three people or what you know you could do it that way but it was just funny because i was like did you just look in the mirror and she's like yeah I did. <laughs> but yeah have so, you uh have you have you watched i think you should leave uh season two on netflix yet? i have not have watched, no uh, tim, uh, there's, a, there's a great uh tim robinson's i think you should leave on netflix he's got a great skit with kind, kind of exact a little bit of what you're describing with the pay it forward thing right um i, I won't give it away but well, check, check it out you'll yeah. you'll laugh your ass off well, and I just talked recently on my podcast with my wife about uh, like giving money to the poor and things like that. But when you see people on the street, we grew up, my parents used to always tell me in the 70s, don't give that money to them. They're just going to buy drugs or alcohol. That was the only thing that they were going to use it for it was, because that's why they were in the position they were because of drugs and alcohol, which they would take your money, your hard-earned money, and they would just go buy more drugs and alcohol and it's a horrible cycle, and that's what I learned. But it wasn't up to me. You know what? I do. I smoke pot all the time. And if if someone came and gave me money for more pot, I would want to sink them if I could. But I'm just, you know, it's not up to me. You know, I'm going to give you this money, and whatever you deem, if you think you need a fix, then you get a fix. If you think you need food, get food. Diapers, you do what it's not for me. It, my, yeah. my part's done yeah. as soon as I hand over the money or you could probably Venmo at this point. I don't know. I don't really Venmo, but they may take that at this point, <laughs> but uh, a little, a little inside baseball on me. I, I worked in a homeless shelter for uh-huh. uh, a couple of years uh, in high school and in college. And uh, yeah, I, I can tell you the exact opposite that pe- people use drugs and alcohol when they're on the streets to, to cope with the pain. Right. That, that was, Again, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, anecdotal, so I don't have the hard information on that, but the people that I worked with for those, for those years that I did, um, you know, they were using drugs. Of course they were using drugs. They were using them because they were on the street. Right. Does that make sense? So it's well, like, it's a, shit. It's a, I mean, what, what yeah. And I, there are some Nordic countries that believe uh, nearly the exact opposite of what we believe here in America is that like the homeless, the first thing a lot of Nordic countries, most Nordic countries do give them somewhere to live because that's right. what they need, right. you know, because most mo- here everyone's like, no, they need to get a job. They need to clean up. They need to show that they can, they can show up to a job on time. And it's like, Sleeping in an underpass, you think that's easier than if we gave them an apartment. If you gave them an apartment, now <laughs> right. they can wake up on time. They can shower. They can, you know, all these. So yeah. Yeah, don't even get me yeah. started about that. But, um, you know, you to, to me, I I want, I remember when I, I was 47 when I first tried pot and marijuana. And um, 
so early on it had a much probably greater effect on me now than I, I still get the giggles, but they're fewer and far between than they were early on. And I remember laughing one day and, and Bobby was upset with me because I was just, I was giggling for no reason. And I was just like, okay, just so you know, you're upset because I'm giggling. And secondly, if I could <laughs> feel like this for the rest of my life, I would, I go, this is a happy, happy feel. And I didn't even know why. And I can't tell that to me, there's really nothing better than to be happy and not knowing why. I mean, you can, you know, if you're, your spouse or your significant other compliments you, your kids do something amazing, your niece, nephew, uh, brothers, whatever, you know, you can feel pride or whatever in that, but just feeling happy for no fucking reason, that's pretty cool too. It is, it is. I've yeah. been blessed. I've been blessed with the, by the dopamine gods and I, I feel happy very, very often. Doesn't, or it doesn't take much, I'll say, you know, but well, anyway, we... we so we're way off the reservation. We are, from, we uh, are, and we're going to circle back we around. But I will tell you that I did mention on the previous podcast, to this one that's coming out, I did talk about you on there because I, I was talking about how I enjoy talking to you because uh -huh. we can just talk. And it doesn't matter kind of where we go in things. Um, and so I am really appreciative of that. But it led me to this next thing that I hadn't done a deep enough dive. So I just had written it down because I was going to ask you during the show. Are Because you're now currently in Seattle, correct? Yes. So yes. are you always, have you always been from the uh, Pacific Northwest or where are you from originally? No. So I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana, just outside of New Orleans, Louisiana, a town called Chalmette which uh, the other famous filmmaker from Chalmette is Tommy, Tommy Wiseau uh, of The Broom, who also uh, spent his wow. childhood in Chalmette. Now, how, do, how, do you not have, how do you not have any accent like from Louisiana that I would have picked up at all? Yeah, well, I, you know, I do if I get kind of like emotional and I can kind of like put it on if I, if I need to. Um, and but, what, you know, hold I on, think, hold on, stop, stop, stop. When would you need to put that on? I think you, you need to put it on sometimes when you're when you're code switching. If you're in in New Orleans and you want to make sure people know you're a local, okay, you want to kind of okay. I, kinda, I just I, I didn't kinda... know if there was something like after ten o'clock on Thursday nights there was something going on where you went back to that. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. No, no, no. I, I you know I think you know when I talk to my parents on the phone or something, the, the accent will definitely come out. Are they and, they still uh, in that 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 area? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they've lived there their whole lives. They they never left. Uh, they they left briefly after Hurricane Katrina, but they went right back. Um, I, on the other hand, though, left when I was eighteen. So I, you know, I, I've actually spent more time away from New Orleans than I have lived there. So that's part. That, that's another part of the act. Right. Thing. Um, so when you, know, you left moved, there, it was so you left at eighteen would be a college age. So was that yeah, straight to New yeah. York City? Because I know that you did you got a uh, your a couple of degree or you got one degree from NYU and then Chapman. Yeah, and then another from Chapman. Okay, yeah. so I got a couple of degrees and I, and I did that all as a kind of a straight shot, you know, after right. I was eighteen and I and I uh, you know probably maybe like that first summer. I think that first summer I went home, I lived at home. I went back to Chalmette that summer. But a after that, I would spend summers because the, the dorms, uh, the dorm that I lived in at NYU was not air conditioned. Right. Uh, so they, they would get, they would give you the dorm at like a real discounted rate, you know? 
so I would just stay in the dorms over the summer and and just stay up there, you know, for the baking. Whole year. Yeah, baking, but but being in New York and, yeah. and working and stuff. So that was that. You know, it's much better to be in New York than in Chalmette. Uh, Man, they should turn for, that for, into like Airbnbs then nowadays. Like in the summertime, <laughs> we have rooms. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they do now. I mean, that everything has has changed so much and that's where this has gone on 20 25 years ago so it's you know things have things have changed but yeah so i so i have not been in new orleans for for many years now i i've actually been in seattle longer than anywhere else either um not as long as i grew up in new orleans obviously but it's it's been uh like almost 13 14 years now i had a brief uh portland sojourn uh but uh pacific northwest all the way and i and i'm probably going to stay here you know unless something uh incredibly life-changing happens uh, I, I love it here you do i love the culture i love i love the weather i love the rain um i love the west coast you know that i love kind of that kind of free west coast attitude that's here but it's but it's also just it's a lot cleaner and, and a little bit more laid back than than california so do you do you venture up into Canada, like go up to Vancouver or Victoria, anything like that ever? Yeah, yeah, I've been been up there a couple of times. I like it up there. It's it's nice, you know. I'm, I, you know, I'm. I, it's a, it's a funny thing to say, but I am, you know, I'm an American. I I have I feel like some sort of weird tie to this country, and and while I like it up there, it always does feel just like a little different, you know. I I haven't spent that much time abroad i went to australia and uh thought that was a nice place as well but when i was there i i really did kind of feel like yeah like i'm i'm an american right and that's a it's a weird thing to think because it is just like a random thing like like i i could have been a luxembourgian or french for 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 what it matters you know for for all the chances i know and I, i think that americans always forget that yeah, we're we're yeah. better because we were born here. Okay. Nah, I don't, I don't think you're any better, but I, but but there is just like something unique about it, and like being being from here and feeling that, and it's like, oh yeah, this is this is my thing. So, oh, I, anyway. I'm I'm sorry, Tim. You must have missed out. You said you didn't know about being better. I don't know if you saw the memo, but America <laughs> America is number one, and if you have to ask about what. It's in everything. We're number everything. one. Yeah. And we don't even need any data to prove it. We have a lot. We have like 200, 300. I don't know how many million. 330 million people that will back that up. Back it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we are going to uh, talk movies again. But hold on. I think I got a sound for this. It's not the movie you think it's going to be. So I was doing I was doing a little look at your... Um, your filmography, your history. And so here's, ah, okay. here's one thing that I noticed too, because I noticed patterns. Uh, and I don't have it up in front of me. If I was any good at this job, I would. It seemed like you would go on this, uh, it was like a, a page of yours, uh, the chronological history, but it seemed like you would go like maybe two or three or four years where there'd be like gaps. And so I was wondering mm-hmm. those gaps, were you focusing on something else? Were you writing or... Or was I not seeing that, or was I not supposed to see that? I'm going to be killed soon. No, I I think uh, you know I'm always tr- I'm always trying to make something right, um, but it takes a lot of money to make things, and it takes time, and so you know the the gaps are just are just uh, 
you know, the time, the time that it takes to make things, you know, um, I, I, I'm not constantly shooting. Uh, I wouldn't want to be because I, that's kind of my least favorite part, but I'm, I'm always trying to write. I'm trying to write every day, you know? Um, well, so yeah, so gaps in projects are just kind of, kind of the facts of life. It kind of, you know, it goes back to what you were talking about, you know, not, you know, you don't want, you don't want to be sponsored. You want to just kind of do your thing. Right. You want to say what you want to say and, Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. I want to be sponsored. I just don't want them to have any say so. Let Ah, me say what I want. And then you just be like, (laughs) we're sponsoring (laughs) the show. We don't believe what he said. So, yeah. So so I just want that if there are potential sponsors out there, I want you to be sponsoring just just like. I want you to actually be a sugar daddy. That is what I'm looking for as a 55 year old man. I am literally looking for a sugar daddy. You're, you're looking for a patron in the arts, which I think many artists are actually, looking for. And that's kind of what I'm looking for too. That, that sounds, that sounds better. So I, I like that. That sounds much better than looking for a sugar daddy. So I, <laughs> I, I will, I will use that. Many, many great sugar Many great sugar daddies, I think, are uh, great art patrons. So mm-hmm. You can, you can yep. have both. You can have both for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, speaking of art, I wanted to. We're we're gonna get to a film that we're we were gonna talk about, it, and I'm sure you thought we we're gonna talk about this much earlier than 40 minutes in. That being said, um, when you wank upon a star. Oh, deep a deep cut. Yeah, so I couldn't find it. All I could find was that the, you were the, I'll send it to you. the I'll send writer, it to you. I, director, I and it. editor. Yeah. Um, can you, you? So some, my some mind, gotcha journalism here. Oh my gosh, my head. Because if if you just give someone the title, and once again, the title is "When You Wank Upon a Star." Oh my that gosh, is my movie. Yeah. I mean, that is my movie. It oh was actually my. That uh, was my kind of. Well, I was going to say second festival thing. I mean, it's a, so I'm very proud of that movie because it made it into the hump, the hump film festival. Are you, do you know much about, about hump? No. About the hump fest? No. Hump, hump, hump fest, uh, is a, was a pretty big, uh, Seattle, Portland, you know, nor- Northwest thing, um, started, uh, by Dan Savage, the editor of the stranger, the, uh, the, the, weekly paper in seattle kind of like it's kind of like the village voice okay um uh dan savage uh, was a nationally syndicated sex columnist he did a sex advice column called savage love um which i was a prolific reader of through high school and college and, and so what it what it said sa- um, so now that you've said you're a prolific what what was savage what was it about because i will tell you that, that when i was in high school it was penthouse forum Penthouse Forum. That's right. What I no, no. Savage Love was was uh, kind of like Penthouse Forum, but the but they were real people and they weren't. You know, they weren't. Okay. They, they wasn't porn. Let's it was actually dial it back a notch on on calling out yeah. Penthouse Forum is not real letters. Like you made that. You dismissed <laughs> that. Like like okay, because I guarantee there are a certain number of cars driven by very hot coeds that break down every day. Okay. <laughs> I think we're I think we're I think we're comparing apples and oranges though. Okay. Savage Love was a little bit was a little bit more like he would he would consult with uh, science do- experts and doctors. I mean I know there were doctors in in Penthouse Forum for sure. There were doctors and nurses. Yeah, but there he, were. You know, he, he <laughs> but he would Dan Savage would actually kind of answer things in a in a 
you know, helping people with their sexualities and and questions and and okay. shame and phobias. And so kind of more like more that. educational, more informational. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. a good way. That's the word. Ed- okay. Educational, informational. So the hump. Um, so the, it's the Hump Awards. Well, no, 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 no. So, oh. so so Dan Savage is the editor of The Stranger, which is again, it's like the Village Voice. Okay. His column was Savage Love. Uh, that that he did, and Savage Love was syndicated in all sorts of. I'm sure that like the Kansas City Weekly had a Savage had had Savage Love in it. At some, I'm sure at some point in its history or whatever the weekly was, he was syndicated. But anyway, he was based in Seattle. He he ran The Stranger, and he he had a he started this film festival that was for amateur uh, people, people who were not porn stars. So this you know this is the 90s, right? And so porn is porn is a professional thing in the 90s and 80s and 70s. Still should you, you be. Know, you, you, uh, it, it is a thing that is, uh, you know, there, there are certain gatekeepers. It's, it's a video business, but it's still like a pretty professional business. The Hump Fest, uh, as, as it was conceived, was a festival for people like you and I who are, who are non-professionals, amateurs uh, at sex, uh, to be able to make a film, uh, make a sex film, make a, make a porn, porn movie. And show it in a theater with other people who want, with, with other porn movies, um, and uh, you know, cheer and laugh and get turned on or whatever. Um, and then at the end of that festival, those those porn tapes or DVDs, I guess, as as the festival went on, were destroyed. So you, it, the idea of it was like you'd be a porn star for a night, and and that's it. You that's know? actually pretty cool. Um, it's a very cool idea, and I and I love kind of the democratizing ethos behind it and it's just it's kind of it's neat um by the time that i did it so going into the 2000s it was a little bit less pure amateur and there were a lot of people who were kind of semi-pro doing it and i'd say that that's kind of where i was when when i entered uh hump fest i was in this kind of semi-pro status because i i have and i think we talked about this on the first show and i know i've talked about it on other pods but i have you know, work in adult entertainment. Uh-huh. And uh, so when I made that movie, that was at that same time. So, you know, I wasn't a pure amateur. Right. Um, cer- certainly the performers, uh, one of the performers was not, was definitely not an amateur in my movie, but that was kind of, the, that was actually the point. Right. Um, because When You Wake Up on a Star is about porn stars from a porn video from the 80s coming into our world. So it was, an- it was another kind of high concept thing. Um high concept sci-fi magic kind of right. movie and uh the the porn was about uh yeah what would happen if if the porn characters were in the real world and and the answer is that it was it was kind of uh depressing it was kind of sad and there was uh not very much sex in my sex movie uh there was a little in the beginning and there's there's just enough to where every time i try to upload it to youtube to get it on there youtube uh you know blocks it because of the i, I assume the penis there's shots of male male frontal nudity so oh heck but but that being said you know it's a very like it's a very unporny porn movie <laughs> there's not there's not very much sense in it and it and it ends on a pretty sour note and it, it in fact it ended on such a sour note that once I was finished it, I added a, a little thing at the very end um, to to kind of give it a little bit more of a happy ending, a little feminist twist at the end. Um, 
But I'm, I'm just loving all the words that that you're saying. Like when you're saying sour note, I'm just imagining someone with a mouthful of spunk. And then, you know, happy ending. <laughs> well, yeah, you went into porn. Of course you wanted to have a happy ending. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I just saw yeah, I, that and I laughed. Because the, actually the first thing I thought about was Tinkerbell. My wife dressed yeah, up as Tinkerbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a high concept, you know, in a weird way, it has a kind of a connection to man baby in the sense that, you know, it's, it's kind of the, um, you know, the sex is all sub subtext, although it's not because in the beginning, I mean, it really is pretty, it's pretty porny. It's, it's pretty on the nose in the beginning. Yeah. But, well, uh, and you know, so I actually worked in a store that rented VHS adult films and when yes, you say, you, you know, they, yeah. they, you know, at the beginning, it was just always so funny because, you know, I can tell you just watch 10 minutes of this. Thanks. I'll rewind it. Don't worry, Mr. Smith. <laughs> Have fun with your kids down at TGI Fridays or whatever it was. So, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, I was really, I was really proud of that movie though. Cause that is, you know, that is a festival that uh, not everybody gets into. I, you know, I have a bunch of friends who have, submitted things who did not get selected and so mine got selected and so i was quite proud and and very very proud that he selected we didn't that, that festival was uh you know it's in person and the audience votes right and we didn't win we didn't win anything but uh, just to be included was was a real feather in my cap yeah so i guess in i fact, never when i was if I if I yeah. uh, can lead us into something else i found out about that i got into that festival while i was on the set of the magic hours, which hopefully you'll be. Whoa! An on look at that segue, and that's where we're that going. Segue or what? That was that was very nice. So, yes, the movie, the magic hours. Um, so you were actually on that set when you found out that you got in uh, for <laughs> to the hump <laughs> fest. The porn festival. Yeah, I got the notification, and I, rem I remember uh, you know telling the DP about it. Uh, very proudly, and he he did not understand what the hell I was talking about. It was just not on his radar at all. And I, the director, was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, and I think he he knew a little bit more about it, but uh, yeah. That's a, that's so. Have you? Excited. We will get to the magic hours in just a second. I guess I've never asked. Ha, are any of your other um, creations are they award-winning have you won other awards or is man baby the first uh a feature that you've done or even a short is this the first one that you you've won awards for no you know i i actually won a uh an award through a festival that was not the new orleans film festival but a kind of like an ancillary program that the new orleans film festival had um, a bunch of years ago for a film that I did on Hurricane Katrina. Um, my friend and I uh, made uh, kind of this really interesting art project. It's, it's on that same list that you might have looked at. Yeah. It's called Shrubbery. It Actually, I did a, see it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Shrubbery was a DVD project. Uh, it was a bunch of music videos. I think it was maybe 15 or 12 or 15 music videos by a, by a band uh, called Shrubbery, which was mainly... Uh, a guy named Joe Bostick, I think is his name. I'm, I mean, I may not be getting that right. Um, but anyway, he was, he's a singer, songwriter, composer, uh, really genius guy, um, made a bunch of music. And my friend and I 
uh, Jack Poorbill, who uh, was living down in New Orleans right before Katrina. He, he moved to New York because of Katrina. Uh, we put together this uh, DVD music video art thing, um, which was music videos of all the guys' songs that, that he called Shrubbery. Um, and it was all shot in New Orleans at, right after Katrina. So like the November or September, I think, after Katrina, you know, like just a couple months after, you know, with everything that was happening, all the kind of devastation and, right. and stuff. Um, and we used kind of the frame of, of a science fiction uh, it was it was not supposed to be Hurricane Katrina that had happened. It was kind of this un, unknown apocalypse. You know, it wasn't just New Orleans. It was right. like the world had ended. Um, and uh, I'm featured in it. I was an actor in it. I played a robot and uh, played like a bunch of different characters. And that, uh, you know, is not like a feature length movie, but it was really cool that the deep I'm really proud of that the DVD um, which you can't get anymore it had it was uh, like I was really at that time in my life I was really into coding DVDs because that's how everybody was watching movies uh-huh. and so I got I got really into uh, just like co- like coding the menus like making cool menus and making like Easter eggs and stuff uh, on DVDs which I which I still think is cool but I have kind of lost that skill um, but I was doing it a lot and so this DVD was really cool it would it would play a random menu each time you put it in so each time you watch this dvd you kind of got like a different program uh, a different way of seeing and a different sequence of music videos and and menus and things see Um, and i think that would get me screaming at my tv going where is the play button where the bleep is the play i don't know why i just bleep (laughs) myself out on my own show (laughs) so yeah maybe maybe it was it it really was uh like kind of it was pretty user friendly though too it was just you get a different thing each time it was uh, and i you know i tested it it was uh, i don't know uh i think i think you would have i think you would have dug it it was really cool so was that even more enjoyable since that uh that film festival was in the greater new orleans area did that mean even more to you being the first one that you were put up for uh no not really it was you know i i was really happy about it i actually didn't get to attend it um but we you know and we won some it was not it was not like in the festival either because it because it was like i'm saying like it was this weird kind of like art project where you could only you could you could if you played it it wouldn't be the same thing each time right so okay it really was kind of almost like an like a video installation so it was like a special it was a special award for it you know and that's blah 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 I was happy about it, you know, and I'm still happy about it. I still think it was cool. Um, but yeah, that was, the, that was the first thing where I was ever kind of recognized. And I, and I actually, when I moved away from Portland back to Seattle in 2018, I, I gave the physical award away. I had like been moving with it for like years, you know, it was this like, it, it was this metal Pelican with a, um, like how some, tall a Pelican. Um, Probably like a foot, a foot and a half, maybe, you know, 12 mm, inches. Yes. Kind of, and it was like made out of like uh, sheet metal. Like it was kind of, and I, and it was painted and it was cool. And it was like my first film award. And I had like kept it for all these years. And I was like, you know, like, what, what am I keeping this for? And I, so I gave it away. And now that I'm talking about this, I kind of regret giving it away because it would have, 
Do you, do, you, do you know uh, where it's yeah. at right now? Yeah, they, you know, it went to Goodwill. Oh, oh <laughs> my gosh. That yeah, is unfortunately. I it would be even better if someone actually listened and goes, "What? I have a sheet medical uh sheet metal pel- pelican." Man, that's not easy to, for me to say right now. Uh if okay. I do uh get in contact with me. <laughs> okay, so let's circle back. So you're when uh you hear about being entered into the Hump Fest for When You Wank Upon a Star, you're on the set of The Magic Hour. So I was on the set of the magic hour in California. Yeah. So that's what we were initially going to talk about 52 minutes ago when we started. And I know that you (laughs) thought we would get there earlier. I kind of figured this is how it would go anyway. But so let's explain what the magic hours is, because I actually had to look this up. So it's Peter Fonda's last film. And I was like, I was like, okay, well, he's dead, obviously, because it was his last film. Um, yeah. And so I looked it up and he passed in 2019. So when you were on the set of this movie, you were about to talk to us about when was this time frame that we're talking about? Uh, we're talking 2012. Wow. 2012. So this is a long time ago. And uh, yeah, this is uh, when I'm sort of writing Man Baby. Uh, I'm working. Uh, I assume at the time I was like marketing manager for a medical equipment supply e-commerce company. And uh, David Connolly, who's a dear friend of mine, uh, we met in college and we met in college and we moved out to California together. Uh, you know, he's, he's from California. So after college, he kind of went back, right. Be a little bit closer to home. And then I was, I moved out for grad school. And we had, you know, gone to college together. So we, you know, stayed in touch since we were both in California and kind of our friendship deepened there. And we worked on a bunch of stuff together when I was in grad school. Um, and uh, and David yeah, is the to... writer and director and producer, I think, all three of The Magic Hours, I believe. I mean, yeah, he, co- so he David, co-wrote yeah, it so... with his um, his co-star... And I don't remember her last name. Zoe was her first name. I want to say Winters. Yeah, but Zoe, Zoe Taylor. Taylor. The, uh, okay. The other actor in there. But yeah, the Magic the Magic Hours, um, you know, was kind of, you know, just like I was making Man Baby, David was making the Magic Hours. You know, we had, we had both been talking about, you know, making feature films and how we wanted to do it independently, how we were going to do it. And it, for both of us, it is kind of the, it's the like, you know, do it for as little money as possible movie. Right. Um, his his uh card up his sleeve i had a couple cards up my sleeve i guess in the sense that i with man baby i i knew uh you know my makeup and my visual effects were kind of my trump cards but david had the peter fonda trump card (laughs) which was pretty cool Um, yeah that's a trump card and uh it's definitely a trump card yeah um he you know he he uh he had a contact with Peter and he knew that he could, he could get Peter if he could get Peter to read the script and, uh, and he got him. And so then he started making the movie. I, you know, I, you'd have to talk to him more about, about the, the pre-production process, but you know, he, he was uh, making a lot of cardboard art with his art collective Doft house uh-huh. for, for several years. And uh, the Magic Hours was the was the DOS House feature. So 
uh, DOS House had also made a lot of like short films that were on Vimeo and that were online that were pretty well received. They did a music video for the band Beach House um, that was really well received. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like uh, it's considered like a viral viral video because um, it was shared by the band and, right. and pretty pretty well received. Um, and it was it was a cart like cardboard animation. Really cool music video. If anybody's listening, um, just YouTube uh, Beach House on the Sea music video, and you'll see it. It's not it's not the official Beach House video, but it was it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> I think it should have been. Uh, really good, really cool video. And uh, but yeah, so I, since I've been friends with David, you know, for so long, you know, we've just always helped each other out on projects. I mean, I worked on his on his student projects, and uh, when he was gonna make this movie, I said, you know, I'm I'm going to be there for that too, you know, and uh, indeed I was. And so what role did you play with, and I was just thinking while you're telling this, when you had mentioned that he had uh, Peter Fonda's his trump card, I could just see you two at a party and he, like you telling your story about man baby and then him coming over and goes, Oh, I heard Tim talking about Man Baby. Have you heard about my film? Oh, the name of it? Oh, it has Peter Fonda in it. Mm. <laughs> so that, yes. Uh, so that is a, a trump card to have. So what role did you play on the on uh, the Magic Hours? Yeah, well, I had, I had no, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but I had no contact with uh, the great Peter Fonda. <laughs> I, you know, I have no Hollywood contacts whatsoever. Well, was that be was that like written in Peter Fonda had seen you and said, Eesh, no, not Tim. No, <laughs> not this guy. No. Okay. No, I don't think I, you know, I, uh, you know, my role, I guess, kind of changed on the magic hours. I mean, I guess, uh, uh, creative consultant is probably the best, uh, all encompassing term. You know, I, I, I did not have a craft or technical job on it. Um, although I did recently do some, crafty credit uh technical things on it uh, as they were like tweaking the credits because so, as we're talking about this this movie i also want to add for the listeners that this movie's not yet available right uh, and i was going to mention is, that because when we were going to talk about this i we had you had mentioned it and then i was just like well i'm just going to google and see where i can find it and then i couldn't find it anywhere and then you were trying to get a screener because i have seen the trailer and it does look it, it looks great I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was recently in the River Run uh, Film Festival. So the 2023 River Run Film Festival. What will at the pretty, tail off that time? Pretty, pretty uh, great festival out in North Carolina that shows a lot of, a lot of great stuff out there. Um, so it, you know, it appeared in the festival. It was one of the selections. Um, it was like a, it was a world premiere selection, which is really cool um and so how uh, did it why is it taking so long because you said you were on set in 2012 it's now 2013 and it's just going to festivals what what has been the delay or the hold up yeah yeah um there's a lot of things that go into distributing a movie and uh the magic hours is peter fonda's last performance um and peter fonda's you know He's he's not a, maybe a big deal to to most people, but he is he's a, kind of a big deal to people who are real, you know, American indie cinephiles. Right. And uh, 
so there is an audience for the magic hours. There's there's something there that I think the audience for the magic hours though probably isn't online. They're probably in uh, you know rep repertory theaters, uh, art house theaters in cities. Right. And those theaters are going away as as we've talked about on the show before. You right. Know? And uh, so. So was this uh, when you I, when you say it was Peter Fonda's last uh, last role? What it is is it his last role to have that he recorded, or his last role that's that hasn't been released yet, or both? Or do you know? I I'm pretty sure it's both. Actually. Okay, okay. It's, it's, it hasn't been it hasn't been released, obviously. Right. Um, but I also think it was the last thing that he ever did. Okay. You know, I think he he might have done something after that was. Well, yeah, maybe that's not true. Maybe that sounds better. Let's just go. Released. Let's just go as far as we know. It was his last role, but it is his last role that will be released because, yes. it, because you know, bottom line is that this movie has not been released. It is not available to the public. Um, Did it have that's... an original release date in mind? I would assume if you're if you're recording a movie in 2012, you're not saying. Yeah, you know, I'm good. You know, late mid 2020s is fine. Early 2030s is fine. Whenever it comes out. Well, the the thing about it is that David's doing this just like I did, Man Baby. I mean, I mean, really, like he he's doing it all on his own. And in his mind, I you know I don't want to speak for him. Maybe you can speak to him more about this. But in his mind, he's waiting for the right the right deal. Right. And in his and I think he thought that there could have been some kind of deal with the with some kind of festival you know the the art collective that he had the dos house was very popular with uh you know the art community in los angeles i think maybe there was talk with you know maybe not necessarily people who were in movie distribution but maybe in the art world who could uh you know put money up for a more professional kind of distribution um I, I don't know. You'd have to, you'd have to talk to him right. about all the details. But but in the end, you know, when you're an independent producer, uh, you have to make it work however you can make it work. And for me, um, you know, it was the editing that took so long. And as soon as the movie was done being edited, I, I knew right away. I knew how to distribute this movie because I knew Man Baby, my movie. I knew this was uh, a movie for online. You know, right. I, I knew that that's where we, I was gonna have the most success. Right. I wanted to do it real in a theater as well, but I knew like, okay, this is, this is something for the internet. Right. Um, I think David uh, is right in knowing that his movie's probably not, you know, you know, it's not aimed at younger folks. It's, it's aimed at kind of a, a different audience. It's a very different movie than Mandy. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, you know, he, I don't know if it's all part of a plan. I, I think, you know, a lot of life gets in the way and things get in the way of the plan and that sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, he's, he's holding out for kind of, and I think even to this, to, to, to right now, the reason why it's not released is not, uh, you know, because people don't want to release it. I think he's waiting for the right thing. And uh, whether that comes along, you know, this year or next year, you know, we'll see. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, it's going to come out, you know, it's going to come out soon. And I know, and I know, you know, uh, the pandemic kind of is a factor in this too, because then that limits the way that you can do things theatrically. Um, do you think the passing but, of uh, Peter Fonda during that it hadn't been released yet 
whether that impacted like you know Definitely. i just Definitely. wonder whether people would be like oh well maybe we don't want to release it i would think that more people yeah. would be like yeah. oh we we wa- i mean he just passed i mean let's jump on because that was the thing right. when when you had mentioned that it was peter fonda's last film i was like ah shit because because now that you mention, I know that he didn't die till 2019, but I yeah. would have probably, if someone had asked me, I would have probably said closer to 2010, but that makes more sense if his last performance you were a part of in 2012. So it probably makes sense that I, the last time yeah. I ever saw him, you know, walk a red carpet or be in an award show or do anything was probably about that time. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there's a, and there's a sweet spot too. It's like, okay, well, now he's passed. You need to now he's passed. You need to push this off a little bit. You know, don't want to look like you you're know. greedy. Going, oh, he just passed. Right, right, right. There's there's that. You know, and and then there's uh, you know, 2020, the pandemic hits. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I I think there's just a lot of factors in this, but um, I'm really I'm really proud that I worked on the Magic Hours. I think you know it is it's kind of an interesting, you know, almost an anachronism, you know, in our current uh, online streaming kind of right. content that, that is out there. You know, it's, it's definitely like an older kind of movie that I think people will, will think is interesting because it is so different. And uh, it I is. Do. I hope you get out there. It, I hope you get to talk to him. Hope you get to watch it. Yeah. And you had sent me the trailer and the trailer was amazing. Um, I, you know, I enjoyed it. It looked like a very good movie. But then I started thinking, how different is this movie from the trailer as Man Baby was from the trailer? So yeah, would yeah. you well, would you say, find out for yourself? Yeah. So now I just yeah. gotta wait. So, but I mean, that <laughs> it, it was interesting that. that uh, so here's another question that I wanted to ask. The cinematography is different than Man Baby. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, you know, I'll let you talk to that because I noticed I, it in the in, yeah. the in the trailer. And then, of course, I've watched Man Baby. But uh, so I'll have you speak to that a little about the difference in the cinematography. Yeah, the ma- I mean, the Magic Arts is, is beautifully shot. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, really, really beautifully shot. Uh, and, uh, you know, what more can you say about it? They, they, they really took the time to make the movie look beautiful um, in, in spite of and because of the low budget. Um, Magic Hours is shot on uh, DSLR cameras, which Man Baby was not shot on. Right. Um, and uh, that's... Uh, less of it that's less of it than you'd think um you know the magic hours took advantage of really beautiful exterior yes Um, i mean in that in that uh is reflected in the trailer that i saw yeah definitely definitely and that is a real strong strong point of that movie uh man baby on the other hand really uh doesn't have a lot of exteriors that aren't stock photography (laughs) actually it's mostly interiors right um these are both these are these are both um low budget filmmaking tricks so uh you know the the trick of the magic hours is we don't have a lot of money um but we do have beautiful locations and you know at certain times of day the magic hour which is what 
filmmakers call that the magic hour. It's a uh, the time of day. It's the Photo- yeah. Day. In photo, in my background in photography. photography yeah. yeah, you get that twice yeah. a day. So yeah. You're, so so um, you know, and and that's free. You know, that's free. So so that's a that's a nice low budget trick. Well, um, and that's that's one thing that I noticed and. Granted, I was doing a two-minute trailer versus uh, your movie, but you know now that you mention it, it I it, and I it did just I guess I didn't register what my brain was seeing. But yes, mm-hmm. in the magic hours in the trailer, there were a lot of broad shots because the background yes. it was actually part of the character. I mean, it was you know so it was meant to be seen. Where it seemed yeah. like when Man Baby they were tighter, uh, tighter framing, maybe. Well, there's there's also a very very uh, very basic filmmaking rule that is broken quite often in Man Baby that is not broken in the Magic Hours, which is what, which is something that's happening in your brain. Uh, the Magic Hours is very consciously using three point lighting, um, which I think we talked about this on the show. You know, three point lighting is traditional Hollywood lighting, right? Um, the director of photography of the Magic Hours is uh, had a lot more experience than the director of photography of Man Baby. He was the director of photography of Man Baby uh, was coming right out of film school, was not working on a bunch of commercial shoots. Right. Um, so uh, the director of photography on Magic Hours coming out of a lot of commercial shoots, a lot of things that required um, professional three point lighting, which your brain is sensing that uh, when when you compare a frame that's shot with three-point lighting as opposed to not three-point lighting. See, and um, a lot of times I forget that. Being a photographer, I mean, that's something that we know because that's something I can look at photography, and there's a difference between a very good amateur photographer and a professional photographer, or one that it, exactly. maybe not as professional, but at least could be professional if they d- deemed to do that, and a lot of it has to do with lighting. Uh, and, yeah. and so, yeah, so I, you're right. That is what I was registering. It probably had to do with my photography, but that makes perfect sense once you say it. See, that's, that's all I and need I think- is for you to explain every single movie I watch. I just need you to explain it to me. <laughs> but, but, but let me, but, but I will say this, um, you know, it's, it's, it's where you choose to spend your time, you know? Right. So in, in the magic hours, there's not a lot of, locations but they're spending a lot of time getting that lighting right and that and that takes a lot of time uh and man baby we you know we decided to kind of spend our time on improving the the script and spending time in those interior locations and and not paying so much attention to you know and there's there's three point light there's scenes of three point lighting in man baby there's scenes you know where, where we kind of follow more traditional right um lighting setups but for the most part because uh, it's a cheaply made movie and we need to move fast and we need to be quick. Um, and then maybe, you know, we're spending money on other things. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it really is, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's a bottom line question. You know, where do you want to spend that money? Do you, do you need a movie to look a certain way or do you need to make it look a certain way, you know, and, and it's a choice of the director. It's a choice of, of the people spending the money on it. And, uh, and ultimately, it's an artistic decision, right? Um, to, and so, for, what for me, that... to, tell, to tell my story, I, I consciously didn't want to tell the story of Man Baby in a way that looked, um, that looked that 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 would look like a, 
too pretty, I guess, is is uh, kind of the way that it goes in my head. No, it, and that, that makes pretty. sense. And that, that's what I was going to ask, whether it was a yeah. conscious decision or not. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a conscious artistic decision, but it's, I mean, it's a, it's a conscious bottom line decision, too. Right. Where, you know, I, I just don't have the time to set up these lights if everybody has to get home by a certain time. You right. know, if everybody wants to get home before midnight, we, we can't worry. We can't worry that there's no, uh, you know, room light. We right. have to just we have to just get something. I think um, I read something recently about Roger Corman. You know, you're familiar with Roger yes. Corman, right? The, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, just his his advice to filmmakers was just get something photographed. <laughs> just 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 have enough light to see an image. I think uh, was was his, uh, his. And you know, uh, I don't advice. always disagree with that either. Now, right. on the on the right. photography side, I had the 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 different aspect. I had the people that wanted the results to look like the magic hours. And yet they would be, I remember at, uh, I think it was senior, it was senior homecoming prom, something. And kids wanted to, the, uh, they wanted to take pictures at a local park next to a lake. And I go, well, I need to go scout it. No, don't do that. Like, okay, you don't know what's going to be there. So of course, when we get there, it's, it's springtime. There's families in the background. There's stuff. They didn't want me to bring a reflector. So I told them because of the time of day, there were going to be harsh shadows. So I always got the exact opposite. I wanted people that wanted to spend no time and get home or get on to the next thing, but they wanted the results of, because, yeah, uh, yeah. and that's one thing that I also noticed, at least in the trailer. Uh, and this is just a comparison to not to man baby, but to movies in general nowadays. I feel like they're way too dark. I mean, visually yeah, too dark. Yeah. Because yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. show on, I want to say Prime Video, like Outer Range with Brolin, Josh Brolin, I think's in it. And it's yeah. uh, like a lot of it, but it's always so dark. I mean, I can't tell what's yeah. going on. Yeah, and, that is that is a, that actually is a real thing. It's a consequence of digital uh, of digital cameras, actually. It is because that's one yeah, thing that that's my I, understanding of it. At least. I, I found it very appealing in the trailer of the Magic Hours that it was bright. I mean, it, it gave a yeah. certain. I mean, it, it just yeah. it. I guess it kind of was like the theme. I mean, it was a bright theme, and it led to it. So mm-hmm. it was. Um, you know, and there's there's one shot, and the the only shot that. I can think of uh, with Peter Fonda, there's there's one where he walks out, and I think he's telling him, like, get off his land or something like that or get away from there. <laughs> right, and I, right, I mean, I just remember that, that shot, and it's a powerful shot, but I think, you know, and it's powerful enough that I think he's wearing, like, a, a, a white open-collared shirt, uh, you know, and, he, you know, so this is what I'm, I'm processing as soon as I see something, even as brief as it is. You know, you can tell he's been outdoors. He has a good tan going. His hair's well manicured because I, I know a little bit about the story that they're trying to find a recluse, which, right. hold on, now that I think about this. Um, what was the movie with Kevin Costner and he uh, built the, the baseball field? Uh, field of dreams yes i feel like this is oh because wasn't he trying to find a reclusive writer too so see now i don't know there may be a baseball field in the magic hours and i don't know (laughs) i don't think it's a baseball movie unfortunately but but uh, when i I love field of dreams when i when i read the description (laughs) about a a recluse uh, or a recluse 
writer, uh, yeah, writer, I was, um, you know, you didn't know what to expect. So then when you finally see him and who they're looking for, it because it could have gone either anyway. It could have been like Howard Hughes, you know, holed up in a in a hotel room the last ten years of his life. So <laughs> sure. so sure. so even though I don't know exactly where the story was going, you know, it, I got a good vibe from just seeing Peter Fonda in that that brief spot that he was in, and then also David and Zoe were were amazing. It, it just in the in the trailer that they did, that was the trailer was edited very well. Uh, I, I I thought it was a very good trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm very proud of that movie, and uh, yeah, I do hope uh, we get to we get to see it uh, in some theaters. So, do you think there would be a breaking point? And I know you can't speak for David, and, and if you don't want to even broach the subject, but let's say that you had a a project, whether it's Man Baby Two, Electric Boogaloo, or whatever it happens to be, yeah. whatever your project is. Is, is there a point where you would settle and be like, I just want this out. I need this out. I, I, or, or do you think that this is art? I think it's, it demands this level of compensation, this level of respect, whatever it happens to be. Uh, man, man, baby saves Christmas, right? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> man, baby goes to jail. Uh, you know, uh, I guess I need more clarity there on that question. So, well, I mean, just um, like, would there be a project of yours that if it was held uh, up for some reason that you yeah. would just do, I need to do whatever I can to get it out. Or do you just say the process is going to work out how it does? I mean, if you were in the situation of, of the release, like if you had a, a project done and I don't uh, know when the finished project was uh, from 2012, but if you had a finished project, would you keep something indefinitely basically in the can and not have it viewable or would you want it to be viewed? I, I mean, we make, I make things so that people can view them. Okay. So I would always, but I would, but, but I would never compromise and, and, uh, I, I, you know, yeah, and uh, I don't even know what those compromises, uh, you know, what what they right, could... right, yeah. Neither do I. Like, we don't really know what his, what David's compromise. Maybe he can explain that more if he if he gets to be on the pod. But yeah, um, but yeah, I, I personally like since it's my movie and it's my money and it's my kind of statement. Like, I wouldn't compromise about it about the release. Um, and so I'm not sure, you know, what that what those are to him. But for me, like, yeah, I I would hold it forever if it wasn't exactly right. You know, I mean. I feel like in a lot of ways I I did already do that with with Man Baby with uh, with many projects that I've kind of you know they 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 are not done until they're done. Are know? there and, any and alternate feel... endings to Man Baby? Uh, actually, there there were yeah there were there were a couple. So were there any alternate endings that could have led? Because I don't want to give too much away, but I mean it, okay, if Maverick can be made thirty years after Top Gun then any <laughs> any sequel can be made anything is possible anything is sure. possible but that being said are any of the other uh endings were they more conducive to like a continuation onto a, a continued story no okay no, no but but i think you could i definitely think you could continue the man baby story with um the idea that we don't see we don't see sal for uh, 30 40 years right in there 
you know. So I think there's definitely room in there for him to to grow and change. <laughs> and uh, and then of course we don't uh, we don't know what happened to make uh, Dana's children kind of so. Uh, um, you know, I, I kind of think they're 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 jerks. You know, they don't right. want to care for her and, and her dotage. So we don't really know what happened there. So yeah. that, that that could be a story as well. So do you? <laughs> so have you thought about that? Have you thought of ever about continuing that story? You know, only in a joking way. But but definitely the I, I really like the title "Son of Man Baby." I, I really like uh, that being a sequel. But after talking today, we talked about, uh, you know, Man Baby getting in all kinds of different adventures, Man Baby. I seriously think even if those were shorts, I think those would be if you just did web shorts of Man Baby here, Man Baby there, Man Baby at the dispensary down in Portland and, you know, or whatever. I the the, yeah, those could be funny. So I, you know, I I love I love the idea of, of characters like that, you know, that. The, the grandpa character which we we've never talked about but with or maybe we did uh briefly but you know i love i love the idea of like a, like characters in the little universe and that kind of thing and, and little shorts but i never i never really saw man baby as that you know i always kind of saw it as this as this uh just just kind of a self-contained movie you know? so tim then what are you working on now do you have a project you have something that's on the horizon what what's going through your head right now i'm i'm writing every day i'm writing a movie about internet culture um about a guy who uh he's struggling uh two two girlfriends he's got an online girlfriend and an in-person girlfriend he's uh He's dealing with an online guru who's who's helping him, and uh, he's also dealing with the uh, effects uh, in his family of 9/11, and it's a kind of a another romantic comedy, I guess is what we would call it. Maybe just maybe just kind of a romantic drama. Uh, it's a lot more realistic than Man Baby. It's a lot more set in the real world. Uh, and uh, I so think it's weird, but it's it's turning out to be pretty weird. But it's still kind of um, more grounded, more grounded than Man Baby. A little, little less, a uh, sur- little less surreal, even though it's strange. So, did this idea come to you, or did you kind of? I mean, because I'm just trying to think of like how you, how you begin with that. Like, do you? Well, I had uh, I kind of. This idea talking with the Joe, who, you know, the co-producer of Man Baby, Joe Campanelli, uh, in our in our riffing and conversations that we have on text and, and uh, in person, uh, we were kind of pitching this idea, kind of talking about a couple of scenes that we thought were, were funny that were making us laugh, and uh, that's that's kind of how this, I guess, started. Uh, I think there were some ideas even before that because of somebody that we, a client that we both had. We, we both were working with us with a client that we thought uh, would would make for an interesting kind of uh, love triangle. Uh huh. I guess. So so that was kind of the origins of this so far. And that, but now I'm kind of I'm taking taking those ideas and just kind of running with them. I don't think this is anything. We 
what I've got so far, you know, as I'm kind of about halfway through, I'd say, in the actual writing and, of course, going back and, like, changing things and going back again and changing things, you know, uh, it's, it's completely different from anything that we had talked about together. So when I give him this, this uh, finished, you know, whatever draft it right. would be when I feel like it's ready in my eyes, it's, it's going to be very different from, from what we were talking about. And uh, I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say about it. And, so during uh, the creative keep, process, keep the conversation going <laughs> for, for the creative process for you, how is it? I mean, so here's me and a lot of it, most of it has to do with the strain that I'm smoking. So I finally got smart. And since we got legal here, finally, um, I can now, I now have like a creative strain, talkative, that are energizing, a, a sativa based uh, that I will do during the daytime. And then at nighttime, I'll do like a, to help me sleep. But there are some nights where I'm not working the next day. I don't have anything going on. We're all smoke. And then I can't sleep, which is fine. I get that. That's mm. the drugs. But I write and I just sit down and I write. Mm. And most of it gets crossed out. At some point, I'm right. like, you know, right. wow, that seemed a lot funnier at 3 a.m. when I was stoned out of my head. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. but how is that with you on the creative? I mean, as you're working on this new project, are there, do, do you forcibly have to go, I need to write this much, a quarter page, a page, a scene, whatever it happens to be? Or does is it more just kind of, it comes to you, and when it comes to you, sit down and write? I mean, I try to write every day. I, you know, I, even when I'm not writing something, you know, I'm trying to write every day. Um, that's just a habit that I've, that I've tried to keep up in my life, like trying to just try almost like a journal, I guess. Right. You know, like I'm always trying to write my ideas and just, you know, when I'm actually writing something like right now, if I'm actually, you know, working on something, you know, I'm, I'm, I try to give myself a goal and try to do like a page a day at least to try to just get something in my right. head that I'm, that I'm trying to do this page. Um, and, you know, I have certainly not met that goal. And I, I just got back. I was just on vacation in Palm Springs and I didn't write at all for like five days. So I'm like, you know, once you get out of it, once you get out of doing, I, I had been going real good. I've been doing like pages and pages every day. And then, right. you know. Oh yeah. So, it doesn't, so, it doesn't take long. Yeah. I had mentioned this on right. one of my solo podcasts that, I had done so many interviews in a short amount of time. I would have, they, you know, not in a can, but basically I had all these in the can. So I, I, mm -hmm. I took about two weeks off and I didn't record. I didn't really write. I didn't do anything. I was just kind of enjoying not because I have a full-time job. And so I was kind of enjoying just having one job at a time. And, mm -hmm. but it, you do get kind of out of that habit. I mean, I had right. to force right. myself. I was like, okay, I got to sit down and just record anything. I got to sit down and just write some words on a paper. Even if it's gibberish, I just need to write yeah. something down. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a definitely a big believer in that. Like okay. If you just keep the habit up. If you just keep the habit up, you'll, you'll get there, you know? And right. So yes, I have to get back into that for sure. But uh, so uh, now I'm going to switch gears real quick. So, uh, is Palm Springs a favorite of yours? love palm springs oh so do God. we so my yeah. wife and i we've been out uh there and just absolutely love palm, palm desert whatever but yeah we absolutely yeah. love that area so uh, that's cool that you like that I, I as a florida boy original florida boy i always thought 
you know, what's the difference between 95 degrees and 90% humidity like in Florida or 115 right. with, you know, 10% humidity? First time right. we visited right. Palm Springs, I was like, now I know the difference. I don't have to change clothes <laughs> every time I go outside. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So have now Palm Springs does a lot of like, don't they do film festivals and things like that? Have you ever tried to enter a, a film festival? I've, ne I've never done any. I've never done any film stuff in Palm Springs. Okay. I've never done anything, but I was, but I was very inspired by the location for sure in it. And uh, again, I guess that goes back to writing from the gut. You know, I was like, I was, I was back and I was writing again and I was like, ah, oh, like I need to do, I, I need to put in a desert here. You know. So how this. often does that happen but, to you, where you see a a scene, an interaction, a sunset, whatever, and you're like, shit, I need to add that. Does yeah, that happen a yeah, lot I to mean, you? That happens a lot, yeah. I mean, that is the writing from the gut thing, you know? It's like, it's like I'm, try I'm trying to write every day. I'm trying to make it a habit. But then you do that, and you just can't help but have some stuff bubble up, you know? Do, and, so uh, that's what I was going to ask, is it fuck up the rest yeah. of your story? Like, if you're like, oh, if I add the desert shoot now i gotta remove the flood you know it's like does, right, does right, one thing yeah, counter yeah, or yeah. do you say well the desert's better than the flood or or i know that's stupid but you know yeah. what i mean so it does it does it, it fucks things up but i think it's good to, i think it's good to fuck things up right know? because really when, when i'm when i'm again you know the, when i'm ready to show this to folks it'll be you know maybe uh maybe we could call it a second draft i guess but it, it's really kind of more because i'm changing things the whole time as i'm writing it and then, and then that draft, when I'm ready to show it to people, the, the folks that are going to read it are going to, we're going to fuck it all up. You know, it's going right. to change drastically. It's going to go through many drafts. I mean, if, if, if man baby's any kind of uh, sample of, of what can happen, I mean, that, that had draft after draft after draft until it got to the actors. And, and then there were still more drafts. And right. then we got to shooting and there were still more drafts. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of fucking it up. You know, it's, it's fine to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, because that's sometimes I'll write notes down. And so actually when we're, when I was talking, I originally had told you before we hit record, I go, well, I got five points and I go, I'm sure that we'll end up talking about more, which we have definitely. But even today, so there are a whole bunch of notes that I'm like, I need to narrow this down. I need to, I need to have some, a little bit of flow. I mean, people are sure. used to this podcast, so they know where I wander to. That being said, I was going to try to have a little bit of flow. So I had one through five, but then I, 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 I was like, nope, th this makes better sense. You know, I'm flipping them around and I'm like, well, that fucks <laughs> yep, that up. Yep. So, so that's one thing that frustrates with me with writing, but it's so cathartic. I know that one time yeah. I had yeah. talked before I hit the, I'm over 200 episodes now, but before I, I was well under a hundred, I told my wife at one point, I was like, you know, I'm just not sure it's worth the time and the effort. Cause I was like, if I'm mm -hmm. never going to monetize this, this is a lot of effort on my part because if I'm just sure. doing a solo show, I can get high and just talk about stuff, forget stuff. That's not a big deal. But when I'm hoping that when I talk to you and others that, you know, there's a, I, I've done a little bit of research. I always joke that I'm not the right person to do that research, but I, I try <laughs> to do that. And, you know, but it, 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 the, the writing for me is cathartic. And my wife was like, I will not, she goes, you will still need to do a show. Even if you don't post it, you still need to record a show. Interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. I know. Sense. I, there, there are some times though, and I, I've actually started a uh, unreleased uh, episodes file because there have been times uh, we're all doing an episode yeah. and 
for whatever reason, I'm unhappy with, like, j- literally, I'll stop mid-sentence. I think one time I took a screenshot of uh, my computer, and it showed that I had tried 13 times before I successfully did, like, an hour and a half show. I did 13 times, and they varied from, like, 37 seconds to, like, 12 minutes long. So I had actually huh. spent, like, all day. And so I-, I would like to release those, but sometimes I just get into that and you know, the notes don't make sense or whatever, but it is very, <laughs> it's very cathartic for me to do this. So that's why I enjoy yeah, yeah. someone like you taking the time to talk to me about important stuff to you about, uh, the magic hours, uh, man, baby, the awards that your movie, your actors are getting now. I know that's important to you, but I really appreciate you talking to me about all the other stuff too. So it's great. Yeah. This, is a, this is always a fun pod. It's always fun to get your insights. You, you've always got some uh, unique perspectives. And uh, and we didn't even yeah, get, we're cool. going to talk about summer blockbusters and we didn't even get to that point. We didn't even get to that. Yeah. So it's going to be the summer blockbuster episode. And it was just kind well, of, uh, well, and here's the funny thing. Magic hours. I yeah. do think that we would have talked about blockbusters for a long time, but the, they're not like they used to be like, you right. know, it was, used to be our, in the 90s yeah. and early 2000s, you would be like, this movie's coming out on this day. Everyone in 1996, probably in 1995, everyone knew right. that Independence Day was coming out on Independence Day, 4th of July. Because <laughs> right, I actually think right. it was a Wednesday or something. So it just happened to work out. My wife and I, and she was a few months pregnant at the time we went and saw that movie the the year it came out, but you would be able, you would go, Oh, I can't wait till the second week of August gets here because that's when the new, uh, I'm trying to think, I almost said expendables, but that wasn't it. It was like the Chuck Norris, you know, uh, MIA, I think is what they were or Delta force. That's it. Delta force movies. But you know, you used to always know what they were. You would know when they were at the theater you know, you would drive down the street and they would have a big marquee saying, hey, these are the four movies or six movies that are at this Cineplex. And you don't see that anymore. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, it's changed so much. It's changed so much. Do you know, is, should, is Mission Impossible, the newest Mission Impossible, is that out yet or is that coming out? Do you know? That's a great question. Let me, I'll type it into my box. Well, see, and see, that's my th- that's my thing. I don't even know that. That's probably the biggest movie coming out this year, and I still don't know if it's been released yet. I, I'm thinking it's they would have seven. Looks like it's going to come out on the 10th of July. Yeah. So get ready. Get see, ready. and that seems weird because it used to always be that you would target those uh, holiday weekends because you would bring in more at the box office. Right. Right. And now they're doing a it a week out. Yeah. A, yeah. This is a weird summer for sure. I, I certainly what I've read about, uh, you know, there's so many, um, you know, remakes and rehashes and sequels and there's not a lot of, uh, original content this summer, but, uh, okay. I'm going to put you on, you know, the, I'm going to put you on the spot then. So I'm going to ask a final yeah. question and, this real, it might be a final question. We may go for another 40 minutes. Who knows? So my final <laughs> question is uh, with you on the spot, best remake of a movie ever. Uh, just off the top of my head, I'm going to go. This is the, this is the fast answer. I'm not thinking about it. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Ah, the, that's the a good one. 70s. Yeah. The 70s remake. Yeah. I think it's probably uh, the, the quickie answer. But I, if I had a little more time to think about that, I might give you another one. Yeah, I think we should we should do this. 
we should do this again uh, in fall and we can recap summer and but then you know in the fall we've got kind of the prestige movies coming right right we've got uh, the new scorsese we got i guess Oppenheimer. i guess oppenheimer is summer but you got more you have more prestige coming in the, in this fall i'm looking uh, forward to oppenheimer that is one that i'm looking me forward too. to me too I'm, I'm i'm not a huge christopher nolan guy but i'm intrigued by that story and, i like uh you know, the I like actor Julian murphy yeah, yeah silly like murphy yeah i like him a lot yeah, I like him a lot, and and uh, it's a good you know, story. I'm like I'm familiar shot. with, right, I, right. I'm familiar with that story, and so I like that story as a standalone story without the movie. So I mean, the right, the, the right. content interests me as well. So I am looking forward yes. to that. That should be very yes. good. Yes. Yeah. So we will definitely have matter. to do that. Um, we and, should definitely do that. And I'm sure there will be more awards, I'm hoping, coming your way between now and then as well. Because Well, uh, well say, a, say a prayer to, to whatever gods you, you might pray to that we get a Man Baby uh, festival, in-person in festival. We've gotten, these, we've gotten these online festivals, and that's great. And hopefully anybody listening can, can check out Man Baby and see what the, what the buzz is about online. But what I really, really would love to get, uh, get a festival that wants to screen it in a theater. And uh, you so know, if someone some did out. that, so if someone called out. you because you're in Seattle, so someone calls you from Miami and they're like, I want to do this. Yeah. You're OK. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. It'll be it'll be like, OK, let's do it. Let's, and let's we, have, we, we have a very uh, large international following. So if anyone wants to do this internationally, I'm just calling dibs on sitting next to you on the airplane because I will go to that. Hey, yeah, let's, let's do it. We'll, we'll go. I mean virtually worldwide i guess like i mean there might be some places where I, where maybe i'm not welcome but I, I think i'd probably go just about anywhere and if we can have a conversation about you know uh ticketing and that sort of thing i, I can definitely make it worth anybody's while uh to show man baby uh in a theater you know we did it we did it, we did two nights in la we did uh two we did two shows in portland we did one night in seattle and everybody was happy so yeah, if anyone's listening, and I, I think that would be baby. amazing. Like I said, I was, yeah. I was, it's a fun I, time. I, I, I was, I, I, I was surprised. I enjoyed it. Uh, I and I, I have grown in my appreciation for it too. So, uh, and I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. But I will tell you this. Um, so I still haven't said the name out loud, who you got me in contact with, who is scheduled to be on the show. And I don't know why I'm being such a geeky nerd about this, but I am. Because uh, I don't want the universe to fucking kick me in the nuts. As soon as I say a name, it'd be like, kabow, sorry. Um, but it's, I, I, I'm super excited that uh, that I've met you, that you, you've got me in contact with some of the, the these people because it, it's truly interesting learning about your life, your business, what you do. It's it, it's fun. And I know the audience because and I know I say this and it sounds painful when I say it and I, it's not meant to be, but I do have an audience that likes to reach out to me and, and give me feedback. Uh, I appreciate yeah. it. Really is. Um, sometimes it's overwhelming. Just give that a second there. Uh, but no, I do appreciate that. And I do appreciate them giving the feedback, but it was funny because when you had sent a, an email to this person, you had said, you know, you're the star of their second favorite movie. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's my first favorite movie. 
And then I was like, oh, <laughs> shoot, dang. So I'm glad I didn't because I almost I'm like, what are we talking about here? And it was funny because <laughs> I, I'm glad. I mean, I did just tell you the story, but I'm glad I didn't type it out because I almost did. Right, that. right, 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 right. Second right. favorite, yeah. first favorite movie. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm I know your first favorite movie. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you right now that Man Baby on the shark side of the moon, I don't know how those two can't. If they can merge Predator and Alien in a movie, they can do Man oh. Baby and Shark Side of the Moon. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that is that's a that's a mashup. I'd like to see for sure. Yeah. yeah. Tim, thank you so much like for being on that. the podcast. Hey, it's always great being on, Ro. Thank yeah. you so much. So, and for everyone it, on Instagram, it is at manbaby. You're also, if you go there, you'll be able to see uh, the the video montage uh, for uh, Sydney. What what did you call it? Uh, Sydney only? Yeah, kind of a Sydney only commercial. Yeah. So, showing off uh, her best actress performance in the uh, Dark Comedy Film Festival for 2023. Yeah. So that and, that uh, is awesome. Yeah, they'll see me. They'll see everything about the uh, movie and maybe watch it. But yeah, thank you so much, Ro. It's always yeah. it's always a pleasure. Yeah, and and for the audience, remember he he's willing to travel. If you if you if you got a theater, he's willing to travel. So and like I say, I I think that would be awesome. I think that um, uh, once again, I still think watch the trailer and then watch the movie, and you'll be surprised at, at, at your expectations and how they get. Because I pride myself on being able to figure movies out, and I I, I told you this initially, and still to this day. It, it, there were returns that I did not see coming. So I very much appreciated that movie from that standpoint as well. I'm able to, oh, there you are, Tim. So I'm still here. Yeah, okay. Love it. Love it. Okay. So for everyone else, thanks for listening to the podcast. Once again, we had on today's podcast, Tim Lytell. He is the uh, writer and director of the movie Man Baby. You can go to Instagram, it's at manbaby, uh, and, and follow him there as well. So, Tim, thanks for being on the program. Everyone else, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all soon.